With the kind of defense that Mississippi State likes to run, Spencer Rattler could be in line for another great performance this weekend. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. As always, thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you that. The Gamecocks are gearing up for their second SEC matchup of the season as South Carolina will be taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs in Columbia on Saturday night. And when looking at the kind of defensive scheme that Mississippi State employs, Spencer Rattler, he could be due for another great outing this upcoming weekend. To get this conversation started, let's talk about Mississippi State's defense real quick. The Bulldogs like to run a hybrid 3-3-5 or nickel Defense. Essentially, this is a defense that can flip-flop between both of those formations at any given time. Shifting alignments, adding an extra guy right on the line of scrimmage, they could do a bevy of different things, just flip-flopping between those two formations, which is why these guys like to run this kind of defense so much. And from a philosophical standpoint, this defense is based on the simple fundamentals of defensive football, which is essentially... Keep everything in front of you, pursue, and tackle. That is basically it. And the staple of this defense that really goes to show you how much they prioritize that is the kind of coverage that Zach Ardett's defense plays. Mississippi State runs a ton, and I mean a ton, of soft zone coverage. I mean, you'll see these defensive backs line up at least 7 yards, sometimes as far as 10 or 11 yards off of the line of scrimmage. These guys do not want to let big explosive plays be the reason that they lose on a drive or that they lose a football game in its entirety. And because of the fact that they play defense in that way, Spencer Rattler, he could end up having a field day with this Bulldog defense. If we're going to draw the kind of game plan that Dow Loggins could formulate for Spencer Rattler, this is how I would envision it being drawn up. At the beginning of this game, Spencer Rattler could take what the defense gives him, which in this case is going to be the flats. Basically, that small little pocket of grass right in front of the line of scrimmage on both edges of the field near both sidelines. This is exactly what South Carolina did against Farman, and it worked out quite well for them leading up to the end of the first half where the Gamecocks started to take some shots down the field. South Carolina could use some up-tempo, no-huddle offense to further wear down this Mississippi State defense 
if they are stringing together successive plays and extending drives. Mississippi State also can be a little bit slow at times responding to an up-tempo offense. I noticed this especially when watching back the Bulldogs game against the LSU Tigers from Week 3. So, that might be something to keep in mind as this game is playing out. At some point, if that first phase of the game plan ends up working, then Mississippi State is going to do what any defense will do in that kind of situation, which is they'll slowly but surely start to creep up closer to the line of scrimmage. Eventually, they'll have more blitzes that they call, and that also means they'll be calling a lot more man coverage on the perimeter, which also means that South Carolina's wide receivers and also a couple of their other skill guys at running back and tight end, they're going to have a lot more one-on-one opportunities down the field. And that is where Spencer Rattler can begin to take some shots to guys like an Xavier Leggett, an Omega Blake, maybe an Eddie Lewis or an Amarian Brown, particularly if Amarian Brown is able to play, so on and so forth. So the point being, this is going to be a game where Spencer Rattler, he is going to have to remain patient in the pocket. He's going to have to remain patient in terms of how much he wants to push the ball down the field. And I have no doubt that Spencer Rattler, he is going to be patient because he has shown, obviously, a lot of growth in Dow Loggins' offense so far this season. He no longer comes off as a guy that sometimes is just willing to throw the ball in harm's way to see if he can make something happen. He was a lot more prone to that kind of play in 2022, but unless South Carolina is down late in a football game like they were against Georgia, Radler is not one to make those kind of throws, at least not at this point in his career. So, I see Spencer Rattler starting off with a very big emphasis on the short passing game, and then as the game continues to progress, I think you'll see South Carolina try to attack the intermediate and deep regions of the field a lot more as Mississippi State begins to, again, start playing them a lot tighter right there at the line of scrimmage. It's going to be a little bit of a chess match between Dallagut's offense and Zach Arnett's Mississippi State defense, so be interesting to see what the Gamecocks decide to do from the very first play of the football game on Saturday night. Now, because Mississippi State likes to run a lot of zone coverage, this is going to help out the Gamecocks wide receiver core because it's going to give them a lot of space to work with. And there's one particular player that it's going to be especially beneficial for. And I'm going to discuss who that player is and why it's going to help him out a great deal in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I want you all to think about something real quick. Think about the way all of us fans dress now for these football games compared to how people dressed 50 years ago. 50 years ago, people were literally wearing full-fledged suits, jackets, button-downs, dress pants, you name it. They were wearing those kind of outfits going to football games. Can't imagine how much they were burning up wearing all of that clothing. These days, obviously, we all know that it's about comfort. We like to wear really comfortable shorts. We like to wear breathable polos, whatever it may be. If you're looking for really comfortable shorts to wear to game day, 
Bird Dogs has got you covered because of the cloud knit type fabric that they have. It's breathable, it's cooling, and it also includes non-sweat wicking fabric. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LockedOnCollege at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We can promise you that. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as I say every single day, thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily watch on YouTube or your daily listen wherever you get your audio podcast daily. There's one specific offensive skill player who, in my opinion, is going to greatly benefit from the type of defensive coverage that Mississippi State runs. And that player is Nicholas Harbor. Now, on Tuesday afternoon, when Shane Beamer was speaking to the local media, he was asked about South Carolina's wide receiver room. Now that Juice Wells, it looks like, is going to be down for at least a few weeks because of him re-aggravating a lower body injury that he's been dealing with since preseason camp. And Shane Beamer, when giving an answer to that question, had this to say about Nicholas Harper and another young freshman wide receiver. Quote, We need to play Nicholas Harper and Tyshawn Russell more against Mississippi State. And we will. I know I sound like a broken record, but we need to get those guys in there more. Now, Nicholas Harper, he's obviously a guy that a lot of fans have been clamoring to see a lot more on the field. And there have been a lot of fans that have been really curious as to why he hasn't gotten more snaps. So I want to take a quick second to remind everybody, again, Nicholas Harper, he is doing something that is very difficult for most football players to do. He is transitioning from the defensive side of the ball to the offensive side of the ball. And not only is he doing that, he's going from being mainly an edge rusher, the position that he played in high school, to playing wide receiver full-time. Now, he played some wide receiver in high school, but obviously, when you're playing as a wide receiver against private schools up in Washington, D.C., that's not exactly the same level of competition as it is when you play wide receiver in the SEC against guys that are probably more athletic, against a lot of guys that are going to have really, really good technique as well. And so Nicholas Harper, sure, he's a guy that is about, you know, six foot three, 230 pounds, and he can run really doggone fast. But that is not the only thing. Those are not the only traits that you need to have in order to be a reliable and capable wide receiver on an SEC roster. So for that reason, or for all of those reasons, I think that that is why Harper has not seen the field a lot more in the earlier portion of this season. This is something that we talked about a lot throughout the entire offseason. But to move on from that... That leads me into why I think this is a really good game, a good opportunity for Nicholas Harbor. Because, as we said at the beginning of the show, Mississippi State runs a lot of zone coverage. 
Why is this good for Nicholas Harper? Well, one of the things that is difficult when you are transitioning to the wide receiver position, one of the nuances that is more advanced, is trying to beat man press coverage. Trying to get separation against a defensive back when that defensive back is right there on you from the very beginning of a play. Nicholas Harper, again, you could run 4-3-4-2 speed as much as you want. That doesn't mean that you're automatically going to get separation from a defensive back every time you're running a route. There's a bunch of other little things that you've got to do with your hands in terms of your cuts, the timing of your route. There's so much more involved in terms of getting that separation. And those are probably things that Nicholas Harper admittedly is still working on. But guess what? When a defense runs zone coverage, you don't have to worry about that as much. Now, obviously, Harper's still got to take all the little nuances of his route running very seriously. And whenever he's in a defender's zone and he's trying to maybe get a little bit of extra separation, he's still got to do some little things there as well. But he's not going to have to strain as much in order to get open. There might be some plays where all he might have to do is just sit there right there at the line of scrimmage and wait for Spencer Rattler to just fire the ball out to him, have some guys go out in front of him and block for him and go out there on a tunnel screen and see if he could use his speed to his advantage, get a head start, accelerate to that max speed that we all know he can run. That is why this game is going to be really, really good for Nicholas Harper in terms of One, obviously getting some game experience against legitimate competition, not Furman. But two, also building up some confidence with what he has done in practice up to this point. He and Lenore Sellers, two true freshmen on this offense that could be the future of that side of the ball, they've both been commended by Shane Beamer for how much work that they've put in, the extra work they've put in off of the field. So... The best way to really get yourself up to a higher level and build that confidence is to go out there and make some things happen. And Nicholas Harper could do exactly just that in this game. It's pretty obvious why the staff would not have trotted him out there against the Georgia Bulldogs this past weekend, considering all the man coverage that they run, man press coverage, how much they don't mind challenging guys at the line of scrimmage. Even though there's a couple of small things, schematically speaking, that Dow Luggets could possibly do to get Nicholas Harper open without him having to work as much, you can't necessarily go out of your way multiple plays in a football game to do just that for one player who's still developing like Nicholas Harper is. But with all that being said, I think that with the way the Bulldogs run their defense, this is the kind of game where you could see Nicholas Harper burst out on the scene against a legitimate opponent on the field. So I'll be curious to see how number eight performs on Saturday night, and especially how many snaps he does get compared to some of the guys that have been listed in front of him, maybe the guys that have played before him in some of these games up to this point in the season. Now, another unit that I think that we're all going to need to pay attention to is South Carolina's offensive line, but it's not for the reason that you might think. I'll explain why in just a few moments. Today's show is also brought to you by Jace Medical. 
Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones when the unexpected happens. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. It is quite simple and easy. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina's offensive line. Obviously, this is going to be another big game for them. We're probably going to be saying that a lot the rest of this season because this is a group that clearly did not get off to a good start this season. We all know about the nine sacks that they gave up against North Carolina, and we all know that the offensive tackle position specifically, they've had a hard time finding consistency at both of those spots. Last weekend, they put Oluwatusen Babalade at the left tackle spot, or Tree Babalade there, and he performed quite well against the Bulldogs. This week, we could possibly see some more changes to the starting lineup based on what's been said by Shane Beamer and Dow Lockins, but of course, we'll find out when this game kicks off on Saturday night. But, I bring up this offensive line unit to say this. Based on the different ways Mississippi State will try and bring pressure, it is fair to say that the Georgia game might have been really good preparation for this offensive line unit when it comes to this specific game. Now, what am I referring to when it comes to the Georgia game? Here's what I'm talking about. Y'all remember all the twists and stunts that Georgia's defensive front ran? Basically where one lineman goes from one gap or goes from one offensive lineman to another offensive lineman and then a player on that same side of the formation basically switches spots with them, pivots in one area, and crashes into the vacated gap? That is a twist and stunt right there. And Georgia, in the second half especially, they started to delay those twists and stunts which ended up catching South Clown's offensive line a little bit off guard at times. It allowed them to get more pressure on Spencer Rattler. So how could the experiences from that ball game better prepare this offensive line for this football game against the Bulldogs from the Western Division? Well, here's the thing. Mississippi State, they also like to run a bunch of twists and stunts. Now, the main difference here is... A lot of the Bulldogs' twists and stunts involve one of their linebackers. And the two guys to watch in this game mainly are Boogie Watson and Jet Johnson. Those are two really solid linebackers, guys that have been playing football for a very long time now in their college career. I believe that both of them recorded over 100 total tackles in 2022. I think they were the only linebacker duo in the country that accomplished that feat. So yeah, these are two very experienced ballplayers that are quite good. 
for the Bulldogs. They are the heart and soul, probably, of that Mississippi State defense. So those guys are going to be used in a lot of stunts and twists where they'll look like that they're rushing in one lane, but they'll end up rushing in a completely different lane. Here's the other thing the Bulldogs will do at times. They will have four guys lined up on the line of scrimmage, looking like they're all going to be rushing the quarterback. But as the ball is about to be snapped, one of the linebackers for the Bulldogs will creep up to the line of scrimmage very quickly, and they'll end up rushing the quarterback, while one of the original four down linemen will end up dropping back into coverage. So basically, it's a disguised rush. It's not necessarily a disguised blitz because you don't have five guys or more rushing the quarterback, but Mississippi State will do this to try and confuse this offensive line, to basically force them to have to look at everybody and run through a bunch of different scenarios in their head in terms of what all could be coming their way. If you recall, Georgia State, they did this a lot this past football season. So South Carolina, they have faced football teams before that have run this kind of defense. They've employed these kind of disguised rushes and twists and stunts. But obviously, this is an offensive line that has struggled to start this season. And although they are progressing all it takes is one really bad game, maybe one or two steps backwards for their confidence to be wiped out for the whole next week. And obviously with this unit, I don't think South Carolina can afford to have that happen. Not to mention the fact that your best player on the team this year has been your quarterback, and he's basically the difference between you possibly winning and losing a lot of these football games the rest of the way. So... The fact that this offensive line unit got to see a lot of these twists and stunts from Georgia, a deeper, more talented, and more athletic defense compared to Mississippi State, and they got to deal with delayed stunts and twists. I think that that is going to help them a ton in this game when facing this Bulldog defense, which they're not going to be maybe as blitz-happy on early downs, but these guys will try to get after the quarterback. And the thing that I especially noticed when I watched some of their film from their last two games, if the Bulldogs defense feels like that they got to make a play happen or maybe that the game's getting away from them, they will only up the ante in terms of the amount of times that they blitz the quarterback. So if Spencer Rattler does have success against this defense, like I do think he will, like I talked about earlier, then this is going to be a very important facet of the game here. This offensive line they're going to have to stay on their toes for all 60 minutes. They cannot snooze on this Mississippi State defense. They do not have necessarily one particular player that is just an absolute dynamo as a pass rusher. But all of these guys collectively, they do work pretty well in terms of moving in unison. Moving from one gap to another and executing these twists and stunts. So communication is going to be at a premium. Film study for this week will have to have been at a premium for this group. And again, because they faced this kind of action against Georgia this past weekend, I think this offensive line unit, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I think they're going to be much more prepared this time around with these stunts and twists compared to maybe how ready they were this past week when they dealt with it against the Bulldogs from the Eastern Division. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I thoroughly hope that you all enjoyed today's show as always. 
Do y'all think that Spencer Rattler could possibly exploit this Mississippi State defense? Do you think that Nicholas Harper could be in for a pretty solid outing considering the way the Bulldogs play their coverage on defense? And lastly, do you think this offensive line could be more prepared this week if Mississippi State's going to run some concepts similar to what Georgia ran in week three? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or Shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. As always, have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.